You don't have that anymore. There's no Tumas Zav anymore. No, none of these Tumas apply. We don't have the base of Mikdash. We don't have Karbanas. We don't have Truma. There's no Kedusha anymore in that sense. Or a Koyin going to do avoid the space of Mikdash or eating Truma or certain things like that. They have to be Matar themselves in a Mikvah. And then, so that's the Torah Shebechsav. The Torah Shebechsav talks in several places about going to the Mikvah. And then we have the Torah Shebaalpeh. The Torah Shebaalpeh starts with Mishnayis Mikvos. For any of you who've ever learned it, it's a fascinating Mishnayis. Um, I've learned it several times, and I enjoy it very much. It talks about all the different aspects of Mikvah. All the different aspects of mikvah. Uh, how, how large a mikvah has to be. What are the different types of mikvahs? The different types of mikvahs. What qualifies as a mikvah? What doesn't qualify as a mikvah? Let's say it doesn't qualify as a mikvah. How do you make it, make it into a mikvah? Does a mikvah have to be natural? To what extent? There are different levels, different levels that work for different things, right? The highest level of mikvah. It's Be'er Ma'im Chayim. It's a natural spring water. And that only works, that works in certain ways on certain people. And there are other mikvahs that can work for different things, right? So there's a whole halachic Torah Peh. What kind of mikvah works and how? And what kind of mikvahs don't work for different people? So we have the halacha, we have the Torah Shabbat we have the Torah Shabbat on how mikvah operates, on what makes mikvah work and what makes mikvah not work. But there's one thing that's very, very clear. From the straight halacha minat Torah, there is no meaning of mikvah today. There simply isn't. We don't have truma, we don't have karbonus, we don't have a base of mikdash. There is no Indian of mikvah minat Torah bechlal today, period. However, however, came along Ezra, and Ezra made a takana. What takana did Ezra make? It's brought down in the Gemara. That if a person has an emission at night, whether bishoygeg or whether b'meizid, a person has his mighty zera, that he has an emission. Then the halacha is that that person shouldn't do certain things. He shouldn't learn. He shouldn't daven. He shouldn't say kriya shema. Perhaps shouldn't bench. Different things he shouldn't do. He should go to the mikvah. Go to the mikvah to be mitar himself. And the Gemara debates whether one has to be makbid on Tumas on 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 on, on Takanas Ezra. There's a sheet in the Gemara that says that. Words of Torah are not makabel tumah because Torah is compared to ash, is compared to fire, and therefore, fire is not makabel tumah, right? But nonetheless, there was a concept of takanas Ezra, and that sort of opened the floodgates to the concept and the recognition that mikvah does more than prep you for truma. Mikvah does more than make you tahor to be able to serve in the base of Mikdash, to be able to bring karbonus, to be able to 
do certain avoidas hakodesh. But we see the concept from Takanus Ezra that Ezra was making us sensitive to the fact that there's a certain level of tumah that disqualifies us or should disqualify us, even if halachically it doesn't. Whether we hold the Takanus Ezra today or not, we don't. We don't have to follow Takanus Ezra today. But we see from Takanus Ezra that what Ezra was trying to get us to chap, what Ezra was trying to make us realize is this isn't just some magical thing that you need to do before Karbanus. Mikvah has a power to be metaher klal Yisra. Mikvah has the power, and that power is what enables you to eat Karbanus. That power is what enables you to serve in the base of Mikdash. That power is what enables you to eat truma, the tahara, with purity. So if that's true, says Ezra, why not also require that same tahara process for other inyane kedusha, for other aspects of kedusha, such as learning, such as davening, such as other things? When a person has a known Tumah, even if today we don't have classic Tumah and Kedusha, but if a person does something or goes through something that gives him real Tumah, why not go ahead and be matar yourself? And the Kabbalists and the Hasidim run off of this concept and say that even though one is no longer halachically required to be worried about any of the concerns in the Torah, there's no karbanos, there's no besamikdash, there's none of that stuff. And even though today we paskin be'etzem, in essence, that one does not have to follow Takanas Ezra today, for a variety of reasons. Either because the Shita and the Gemara, that these things are no longer, that, that Torah is no longer metame, the Torah can't, words of Torah can't be metame, things like that. Or there are reasons brought down because it's too difficult to expect that of people today. But can't we glean from all this, right? What is, what's the concept of Hasidus? The concept of Hasidus, not as brought down by the Hasidim, but as brought down by... No. That is brought down by the Ramchal, Ramosha Chaim Lozato. The Indian of Hasidus and Hasidim is to recognize the Ratzon Hashem. Not just the divrei Hashem, not just the words of Hashem, but I want to know what He wants from me. More than what He says. And obviously we see that the Rabboni Shalom desires us to be Tahar. So if mikvah is a process through which we can achieve Tahara, then why limit it? Two karbans. Why Lino? This the, the Ramchal doesn't say. The Ramchal just says that, that we see that, that that's something that Hasidim do. So if that's what Hasidim do, then we can understand why Hasidim and why people who aspire to Hasidus and Kabbalah take this Torah concept and extend it further. And they say, if the Torah tells us that you're too tame to eat Karbanas and to do these different things, and therefore you need to go to the mikvah. If the Torah tells us that the Kohen Gadol has to go to the mikvah like a billion times as he's serving the base of Mikdash on Yom Kippur. If the Torah, if Takanas Ezra tells us that we really should go to the mikvah before we learn in Davin when we're Tameh, then that means that not only does mikvah have the power to remove Tumah, but mikvah also has the power to elevate us in Kedusha as well.
and to remove things that hold us back. Because Tuma is more than just something that prevents us from eating carbons. Tuma is obviously something that also, on a certain level, as was telling us, prevents us from learning Torah. Which means that even if halachically we don't hold of that today, that doesn't mean that the reality isn't there, that it might be harder to tap into Kedusha Satoira as a result of Tumah. It might be harder to feel connected to Hashem as a result of Tumah. And a Jew has to constantly be working on their Tahara. So we see from the Torah and we see from Takonis Ezra that mikvah is something in halacha that allows us to do that. So why should we limit it to the times of the Torah? Why should we limit it to Takonis Ezra? Mikvah is a procedure that allows us to become more holy, that allows us to become more pure. So therefore, the minag today by many, it's even brought down in halacha, that there are certain times of the year that everyone must go to the mikvah. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, there are certain times it's brought down as an Indian to go. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. And there are certain other times that people go, Shavuos, Lel Shavuos, the big Indian in Kabbalah to go, right before, right before, um, right before davening in the morning, right as Every the day. night is going out, right before the morning, right before Shacharis, uh, after Tikkun Lel Shavuos, if you learn all night. Erev Shabbos, people go for Kedusha Shabbos, we're about to walk into Shabbos, we want to elevate ourselves. Many people, not only Hasidim, many people go to the mikveh Erev Shabbos. But there's even an Indian by the Hasidim to go every day. I, but I didn't see Toma. I didn't have relations. I didn't do anything like that. It doesn't matter. It's not just removing Toma. It's elevation in Tahara. It's elevation in Kedusha. The big machlikis between the Hasidim and the non-Hasidim is not whether to go to the mikvah. Haredim that are not Hasidim go to the mikvah. They just don't go every day. They go to Shabbos. They go to Yantif. Or they go when they need to. For example, if they had an emission in some capacity, or they were Isaac and Bia, whatever it is, then they go the day after. But Hasidim go every day. And the Hesbra Machloikis is as follows. People who are not Hasidish hold that the only time a person should go to the mikvah or needs to go to the mikvah, you can go to the mikvah is what you want, but needs to go to the mikvah if there's a known act of tumah. Not that the act is tumah, but that there's certain emissions that, are, that produce tumah. So therefore... That's one time. Another time is when a person's going into something that has an elevated level of Kedusha, such as Shabbos or Yantif, or writing a Sefer Torah, filling mezuzahs, things like that. And the Hasidim hold more. The Hasidim say, why limit it to acts of Kedusha? Let's take Takanas Ezra a step further and say, Yom HaBalaylam. Say, not Yom say every day. Every day before a person starts his day. Let him elevate himself in Kedusha, even if there is no Tumah per se. And by the way, 
Why is it that there's no real Indian Minat Torah to do it? Because there's no real Indian of removing yourself from real Tumah today. Because since the base of Mitzvah isn't around, we can't go through a true Tahara process. But we see that Mikvah is a major part of the process, and we do what we can do. We can't bring Karbanas, but we still daven, right? You do what you can do. Obviously, we're limited. But whatever we have, we shouldn't use. Would you tell a person that if he doesn't have a machine gun, that he shouldn't use a pistol? Because if you don't have a machine gun, what's the point? You would never say that. You would never say that. You would say, use what you got. That's how the Israelis won the war in 48, no? Use what you got. You got Molotov cocktails? Use those. It's true. People say, oh, there's no real union of getting rid of Tumah today, so what's the point of going to the mikvah? They're wrong. We use what we have. Whatever tools HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us to help in removing Kedush uh, Tumah, we use. So while I agree, there's no real aspect of removing Tumah nowadays because the Beis HaMikdash isn't around, and we don't have the Kayin, and we can't bring the Karbanas, and we can't have uh, 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 ashes sprinkled over our head and go through the whole process of removing Tumah. But nonetheless, we have what we have. And to say that that's nothing, for of course it elevates a person. So Mikvah has the ability to elevate. And therefore, it is my humble opinion that a person should go. And I have to tell you, I feel the fact that I haven't gone in a long time. Because of Corona, I haven't gone. I basically haven't gone in nine months. It's a crazy thing. I didn't go before Yom Kippur. I didn't go before Rosh Hashanah. I used to go Kimat every day. At least two, three times a week. Yeah. At least two, three times a week, sometimes for spans of every day. Sometimes day and night, depending. You're allowed. There's no aim to. You don't have to at all. It's not like a thing of like, you're allowed to. Isn't that the safest space to be in a mikvah at night? You're allowed to. Rib Nachman talks about it. You're allowed to go. Why did it, is it not obligation to go every day? That's the obligation to go every obligation? day. Obligation? It's no obligation. So why did the team do it every day? That's, that's what I just said. I said, no, no. I said, because they're trying to tap into the elevation. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Wait, what's the need about going at night? And just because, what? You know, like, no, I'm uh, saying, why, why, why wouldn't why, you? Why did I? Because, for example, a lot of times at night, you do a spodinus. No, why wouldn't you? Why like, wouldn't you go at night? Ah, because of uh, shaving and shade. things like that. Yeah, but also, isn't, just, isn't the whole. Also, the whole Indian of night is tumma. So, like, when you wake up from the tumma, that's when you come out of the tumma, and then you go ahead and you matari yourself from that. So, the Indian really is in the morning. But you can go at night, too. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with going at night beds. person can do it. But, uh,. Practically, for most people, a lot of mikvahs are not open at night, but we have a mayan, so you can go in. Is why Chabad at 10 o'clock on Shabbos every day? Every Shabbos? What? Why does Chabad daven so late on I mean, I, that's a whole different topic. Uh, okay. I'm not going to talk about that now. But uh, thus is the Indian of why people go to the mikvah. Although there's no Indian in Atari, even in Halacha, for a person to go today other than Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, things like that, there's no real Indian to go. There's no Indian in Halacha to go Arab Shabbos, snap what down. But nonetheless, we see what mikvah does. We see the power that it has. It has the power to transform us to be able to eat karbanas. If it has the power to transform us to eat truma bitara, it shouldn't have the power to elevate us in our Torah. It shouldn't have the power to elevate us in our tefillah. It certainly does have such a power. So we should tap into it. And I'm telling you right now, it makes a difference. As I just said, I was going to mikvah all the time. I felt it. And now that I haven't gone, I feel clogged. I feel like 
it's not, it's not like I, I, I can say I've done anything too terrible to, to, to need to go to the mikvah. I don't think. But still, there's something about going to the mikvah that elevates a person. I look forward. I w I'm not going to say, I'm not going to make it a group thing, obviously. But <laughs> I look forward next week. We could do a sheer... I'm, I'm probably the first act I do Wednesday morning, uh, when I finish my 10 days, is to go to, probably going to be go to the mikvah. Not go to a restaurant, I'll tell you that much. We go, to, go to a mikvah. Finally be able to go back Wait, to the Wait, you sure they're opening up in 10 days? You really think so? Huh? You really think they're opening up in January 31st? It doesn't need to be open. No, no, when I finish my 10-day oh. period after the two weeks. So I understand now. I finish the 10-day period of after the second shot. Which is? Officially um, Wednesday that? next week. Exactly one week from today. Whoa. Exactly one week from today, I'm fi officially done with my it's 10 It's a big days. party then. I'm actually going uh, next Tuesday. Uh, me, my wife, and my son are going for an antibody test to see, make sure that the vaccine had the proper effect. And uh, we should get the results on Wednesday. Uh, are they forcing people out. to do that? Or uh, do no, no, no. I'm doing it on my own. I, I, read, I, I started reading. I started reading like the the, like they released the Corona deal with Pfizer in Israel. I started reading a little bit of it. It was very interesting. Yeah. Very long. So so yeah so so, so in other words, I look forward I look forward to going back to the mikvah. And I highly recommend everybody going to the mikvah. But now, yeah. Is it two hundred shek per person or altogether? It's two hundred shek per person. For, for us, I'm so insurance. I assume so. Huh? No insurance. There's two different tests. Right. There's an antibody test for someone who gets corona to check to see if they got corona, and there's a test to see if the vaccine had positive. They test for different things. The, the vaccine does not, if you got a vaccine, corona won't show up. You didn't get corona. What will show up is something called spike proteins. So you want to see the number of spike proteins you have. So that's the test I'm getting, to make sure that my wife, myself, and my son all have the proper amount of spike proteins. Most people aren't doing it. There's not a need to, because it's like only one out of like, I think Israel tested 2,000 people post the shot. They did a study, and only two people didn't have the antibodies. So I just want to make sure one of those two people. They're immunocompromised also. Yeah. So I imagine, I imagine again, there's a large, I don't need to do it. Meaning it's a chumrah shiva chumrah. My, my parents are not doing it. I spoke to my dad about it. He's like, there's no need to. I, he's right. There is no need to. I'm being super, I said, I went this far already. I went through all this stuff. Might as well. What do I have to lose? Uh, yeah. Well, you have to lose the fact that, uh, <laughs> that it doesn't work and then you have to do the whole process over again. Yeah, but at least I know that. Yeah. You know, why, then I wouldn't, why, that's the point, is that I'm going to expose myself if I don't have the, the, the spike proteins. So in other words, uh, I'm doing it. Uh, again, I realize it's a chumrah, and I'm not recommending it to anyone. And I, I don't blame anyone for not doing it. It's a chumrah I'm doing for myself. But as soon as I get those results back, Wednesday, Thursday, the first thing, I'm telling you, the first thing is mikvah. Like, I might be late to share. The first thing is mikvah. As soon as I get the results, I'm running to the mikvah. That's, uh, why? Because I realize what it does. In Mamish Elevate, anyone who's ever exposed himself knows what I'm talking about. He knows what I'm talking about. If you've gone to the mikvah, you know it changes your day. You know it. And there are many levels of it. I think it's also psychological, but it's also spiritual. There's something that goes on in a spiritual person. And we have to realize that our spiritual selves are, to an extent, beyond logic. And therefore, there are things that affect us, just like there are things in the physical world that we don't fully understand that we do that help us. There are Kalbachomer things in the spiritual world that we don't fully understand that affect us and uplift us. 
And that leads to the final question of mikvah, which is what kavana should we be having? In the mikvah? That's what you're going to ask? Yeah. What kavana should we be having in the mikvah? Yeah. Is it that we should remember what we were like in the womb, perfect, without any... Oh, to an extent. To gums? Yeah, I mean, uh, something like that. Something like that. So in order to understand what we're supposed to be thinking about in the mikvah, you have to understand that mikvah has a transformative power. And that power is to bring us back to our source. And that's what David was just referring to as returning back to the womb in a way. Bringing us back to our source, pre-Avera, before the Avera. In many ways, mikvah has the power of tshuva. Not to say that mikvah is tshuva and tshuva is mikvah, but they do go hand in hand. Because tshuva means to return. To return back to the initial state before the sin. And mikvah therefore has that power as well. And therefore, the power of water is such that there are four levels of kedusha that correspond to the four levels of elements of the world. There's fire, there's water, there's dust, and there's wind. Those are the four elements. And likewise, each one of those four elements correspond to the different olamos, to the different spiritual spheres. The lowest spiritual sphere is the world of Asiya. That corresponds to Afar, dust. One level above that is the world of Yitzira. That corresponds to Ruach, spirit. One level above that is the world of Bria, which corresponds to the world of Esh, fire. And finally, one level above that corresponds to Atsilus, which corresponds to water. Water is the holiest of the elements. In fact, when Rabbi Akiva went into Pardes, he warned everyone that when you see water, it's not real water. It's recognizing you're on the highest spiritual level. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu needed to transform and destroy the world from their Averis, he bought water. Water is something that can restore. And that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu was looking to do. He basically created a giant mikvah for the world when he went ahead and bought the Mabo. The concept, and it also explains why, all of the people and the animals were destroyed in the times of the Mabo, except... For the fish. The fish were not destroyed. Why not? Why weren't the fish destroyed? Because they were in the water. They were protected. There is something about water that creates a certain level of kedushin, a certain level of protection, and it envelops a person in totality. And therefore, the kavana that someone should have when they go into the mikvah is they should be enveloped by kedusha. They're enveloped by natural water, mayim tahirim, pure water, and it removes and obliterates and washes away all sin. That's what it does. That's what the mikvah does. That's what you have to be thinking about when you go into the mikvah. It essentially surrounds a person, purifies a person, obliterates sin in the same way that it did for the mabel in the same way that it does in the womb of a mother, right? That is what essentially the Kedusha does. That is what the mikvah does. 
And that's the kabbalah that a person should be having. How many times should a person dip into the mikvah? Three. There are different minagim. There are a minag of one, there's a minag of three, there's a mikvah of seven. Some people have a mikvah of 101. There are different minagim as to how many times I hold a person... that if it's hot. If it's hot. There are different, different Some people have a minag to swim. 26. <laughs> one time I walked into a mikvah, there were a bunch of little kids just swimming around, yeah. having a good time. That was their pool. For the Hasidim, that's their pool. But uh, Lemaisa, the major minog is three or seven. I will give you the reasons why three and why seven. On a simple pshat. On a simple pshat, the reason three is three is a chazaka. A chazaka. Established three, three is the chazaka. When you do something three times, it's established as so. So therefore, doing it three times is a chazaka. That's the pshat pshat as to why three. The reason why seven is seven corresponds to the seven spheros of this world. Chesed, Gevurah, Tferes, Netzachot, Yesod, and Malchus. Seven corresponds to the days of the week. And so therefore, seven is a big number in Judaism, and some people have the minute to do seven. What does Rabbi do? Well, I do seven. Whatever your minute is, whatever your minute is, the Indian is that a person should have that kavan. Seven is the end of the week. To be matar every day of the week. To be matar the seven of the. Are they just brought down anywhere? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I'm not making it up. Yeah, sure. And in the song they talk about. Yeah. Well, as far as well. see the. I don't see know how three is a chazaka. Huh? Three is just like you're finished. No, three in Judaism. Three in Judaism is a chazaka. That's what it means. When you do something three times, it's establishes so. If you sit on land for three years, if you go out there, it's different. Three is the kind of the Chazaka, Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Kota Meshula, Shlobim, Her, take that a three-pound spring does not get cut, is the concept of establishing certain things. So it's three. That's the number for three in Judaism. Right? And then the number, uh, you got to go to sleep earlier, kid. I didn't. Oh, you did? Yeah. Just, uh, I got more sleep than usual, actually. Really? It's just very warm. So I'm very warm, cozy. So cozy. So he's in the mix. Yeah, nice I feel like I'm in. Yeah, yeah. talking about the mikvah so much. He's like, uh, I'm telling you, I'm just. Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm just. 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 I'm telling you, i <laughs> some people say mikvah's not their thing. I used to say that, but then this year it was changed. The only people that say mikvah's not their thing are people who haven't done it. If you've done it for a certain period of time, everybody loves mikvah. Because mikvah of Misa raises you up. It does. It's, it just, it's Can it just be used as a mikvah? The only people that are making excuses because they've never done it. I remember I once heard a Rav speaking about mikvah. They're so weak. And this Rav, let's just say he wasn't the most Hasidish Rav in the world. And he was talking about, ah, the people go to mikvah all the time. I said, Narishkeit, you only have to go here in Kippur. Some people are in Roshana, you know, the Zachim like this. And I looked at it and I, I, I never do this. I never out any Rav who comes to the Shiva and says anything. I'm very much not to do that. I give every Rav respect. But I read right this year and I said, guys, I said, just erase everything you just heard. Just erase it. Erase it. Zach Klum. Rav Chaim Konievsky, any bigger Lidvak than that? Rav Chaim Konievsky. Someone asked him, it was quoted, someone asked him, is it Bittl Torah to go to the mikvah? It says, Bittl Torah? Zekiyama Torah. It's fulfilling the Torah. Torah is supposed to be learned with Kedusha Vitara. 
Bintel Torah. Bintel Torah is going on Netflix. Bintel Torah is not going to the mikvah. I, did, am I telling you to swim there for three hours? Am I telling you to go during morning Seder? No. But to go to the mikvah is, is Bintel Torah. Chas v'shalom. Chas v'shalom. How could you say such a thing? What if you're holding in a place, they say, Rabbi Aaron Cutler, Rabbi Aaron Cutler only went to the mikveh Erev Shabbos. So they asked Rabbi Aaron Cutler, why do you go to the mikveh Erev Shabbos? Rabbi Aaron Cutler said, I posh it, don't have time. I'm raising money for the yeshiva, I'm running around from place to place, and every other second I'm learning Torah. If you can cheshben out your time, the way Rabbi Aaron Cutler cheshben out his time, you can also only go Erev Shabbos, right? But Lamaisa, we're all not holding there. We waste plenty of time. What excuse is there? We should be going to the mikvah Kamashev Shar as much as possible. Right. The Baal Shem Tev said, I'm going to quote this one last, and this I'll now finally bring out the Hasidim. The Baal Shem Tev and Rabbi Nachman both said this. Rabbi Nachman said, there are two things that helps tzaddikim become tzaddikim. Number one, he spoted us, spending time talking to Hashem thinking about their life, and number two, mikvah. In fact, the Baal Shem Tov said that he never would have achieved the levels that he achieved without mikvah. Not possible. Oh, mikvah and what else? The power of mikvah and talking to Hashem in your own time. Those That's two things are misugal and very difficult to do, very difficult to make a routine, very difficult to tap into because the Yitzhara fights his tooth and nail because he knows the power that they have. They have massive power to affect us in our Yiddishkeit. And most of us, we roll our eyes, we don't consider it, and we are mamish playing into the hands of the Yitzhahara. He'll give us Torah, he'll give us Minyan, he'll give us everything. Just don't do mikvah and ispotus. Don't do those two things. Just do me a favor. You could do everything else. You could grow payas, you could wear tzitzis, I'll let you get away with all that. Just don't do mikvah and ispotus. Don't do those two things, and I got you. You can have your base medrash, you can have everything. Just don't do those two things. That's it, you can have everything else. And you know what? Ah, so the Yitzhara wins. What if you only do those two things? Oh, that's also not good. <laughs> you gotta do both. You gotta do everything. Yeah? You gotta, you gotta try. You have to realize oh, these are airplane. things that are, that Kabbalistically have the ability to uplift a person in ways, they, 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 they're not, it's not a stira. It's, it's, it's a machshin. Why, why is it that those things, am I saying that those things are holier than Tom the Torah? No. But they superpower, they supercharge, they allow us to actually be able to tap into the Torah in ways that that, that we couldn't tap in before. And a spiritual level, on an understanding level, on a gishmaka level. Yeah? Yeah. You literally have idle chatter in the mikvah? Are you allowed to? Certainly, if you're thinking about what mikvah's about, probably shouldn't. Makes sense. I mean, it, you're talking about in the mikvah or outside the in, mikvah? In the mikvah. You're having a group chill. I mean, I've seen it. But it's 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 not supposed all, to be. So you're you're yeah. you're doing an act of kedusha. Yeah. I wouldn't. You know, I don't think it's appropriate. It's, yeah, in Sfas, so it was like a big chill. You know, You're asking me. There is such a thing as using a mikvah as a mikvah. Using a mikvah as a chill. You know, if you're using a mikvah as just like sitting. Such in a, a chill. So that's okay. With the boys. But if you're in the in the in the process of doing mikvah, you should. You know, you can go into the mikvah and you can talk. Eh, that's okay. It's not it's not a shul. You know, it's, it's it is body of water at the end of the day. You know, you can you. 
never played in, uh, in, in, in rivers before and in streams. I hear, I hear. Those are also mikvahs. Can a pool be used as a mikvah? No. Yeah. What's in a mikvah a pool? Because a pool you used, usually used to fill up with... Uh, hose water. With uh, hose water. You didn't use but technically, if the first 40 saw was rain, rainwater, and all the parts of the of, of the pool are kosher for a mikvah, and then you fill up the rest with, with hose water, then it's a mikvah. How did they get the rainwater? The first 40 saw has to fall naturally. Or it has to be brought in certain permissible ways. How do they get the rainwater to bring it in? They, <coughs> there's a whole procedure. It's a collection on the roof usually. Do they do they uh, usually drain it when they want to clean it out yeah. and they have to refill everything? Yeah, but they, they they always leave a little left. They leave 40. As long as you always leave 40 saw. Once you have the first 40 saw naturally, you can fill the rest with anything? normal water. Anything. What about chlorine? Yeah, 100%. So you can put chlorine in. You put chlorine in. When you empty it out, you always have to leave 40 saw in. If you always, it's like sort of like the Babasali uh, vodka, you know, like the Babasali, uh, not vodka, uh, Arak. Arak, you know, like as long as you have a little leftover so you can make the new one and then the new one uh, you pour it into all these little bottles. That's kind of how mikvah works. That's kind of how mikvah works. There's a shtickle, there's a connection, there's a little left, it can, you know, like that. And there has to, there has to be something from the old mikvah. Once you clear it out, then you have to start again. And so, um, yeah. I mean, again, unless unless it's a spring. Like, for example, I, I once went to the Arizal's for one year, and it happened to be the time that I went, they were cleaning it. And I actually walked in and saw what they did. They literally stopped the water, and they emptied the whole thing out, and they were scrubbing the, the rocks oh. of the thing. They were scrubbing it, like, to clean it. It's actually, I'm happy they did, you know? And then once they cleaned it, they opened up the spigot, and it filled up again. And then I went in, and it was the coldest, because, like, uh, the fresh. first, the first, yeah. No it body heat. Like no body heat. It was, like... Then it was like sharp. Yeah, yeah. but then it's, it's more daggers. Huh? It's clean though. Yeah, yeah it was clean. Or up here. But that took away from the kedusha though. <laughs> uh, okay, Rabbi.